Anybody ever heard of the blue laws? Anybody ever heard of the blue laws? They're, they're laws that you can't do things on Sunday. Did you know that until recently, it was illegal for several businesses to even open to do business on Sunday? Why? Because you're supposed to be in church on Sunday. But we've, and, and actually, most of these laws are still in the books in states. They're just not enforced. So me being the pastor that I am, I said, what are goofy laws on books that haven't been abolished yet? Or, or maybe, maybe a good idea, you just never know. Uh, so in the great state of California, anybody from California in here? Two people? Okay. Did you know that it's illegal in California to have a nuclear weapon? If you have a nuclear weapon and you're caught with it, it's only a $500 fine. So if you're going to end the world, it's only going to cost you $500. No problem there. In Oklahoma, we've got some Oklahoma people. Any Oklahoma people? We'll pray for you. Do you know in Oklahoma, it's illegal to wrestle a bear? Actually, actually, you can't allow bears to wrestle each other. Sorry, I didn't read my notes correctly. You can't, you can't have bear wrestling and put money on it. You can just go to the casino, okay? So in South Carolina, did you know that it's illegal to dance on Sunday? It's illegal to dance on Sunday. So some of you during worship that were dancing, jail in South Carolina. <laughs> so, and then let's see, West Virginia. West Virginia. It's illegal in West Virginia to hunt birds with a drone. <laughs> The funny thing is, somebody had to have done that for them to go, you know what, that's a bad idea. So last but certainly not least, the great state of Texas, it is illegal to throw litter from an airplane. Bad idea. Bad idea. You might hurt somebody. And so we have some of these funny laws, and and those are just a few. I'm sure you could send me more, and I'm sure... Uh, just give it time. You'll get on your Facebook today and send me some more. You usually do. Um, but what we have to understand is sometimes as humans, we, we focus on the wrong things. And our lawmakers are doing the best that they can. Don't, this isn't a downing the government uh, speech. But what I'm saying to you is, is sometimes as humans, we focus on the things that are wrong. So we as humans need to focus on what we can control. What, what, we as humans focus on what we control without allowing God's liberty to change what he needs in us. So we as humans focus on what we can control and allow, instead of allowing God to do what he needs to do in our heart. That's the definition of religion. Religion is what we control. Relationship is what God controls. And guys, I'm here to tell you, the church is not about rules. The church is about relationship. And so what we have to understand is we can't focus on the wrong things. And today we're going to be looking at a story of guys that were focused on the wrong thing. And unfortunately, sometimes we focus on what color the chairs are. We focus on this new building, which this new building is great. But, you know, if we can't put any lost people in it, what good is the building? You know, the fishing trip with the guys was fun, but if no one's life is changed for Jesus, then we're wasting our time. 
And so we have to focus on the right things. So today, the title of my message is, Are You Focused on the Wrong Things? Are you focused on the wrong things? So if you have your Bibles, grab them. If you're a student of what we've been doing, you know that we're in Luke chapter 6. We're starting in verse 6. We're just going verse by verse by verse by verse. Gio was very upset with me yes, last week that he got to preach the Sabbath. I thought he did a good job. Um, but anyway, I've got more on the Sabbath. So this is the even more fun part of the Sabbath. So if you're there, Luke chapter 6, verse 6, here we go. On a Sabbath, he entered the synagogue and was teaching. And a man was there whose right hand was withered. And the scribes and the Pharisees watched him to see whether he would heal on the Sabbath so that they might find a reason to accuse him. So the first, que- the first question I have for you today is, are we focusing on the wrong things? Do we neglect to love people? Do we neglect to love people? Now, what I'm saying is, is notice, we don't see in this text that the man asked Jesus to heal him. And a lot of, in a lot of the healing accounts... The people that want to be healed will walk up to Jesus and ask to be healed. You don't see this. Luke did not include this in this. So this would lead me to believe that the man didn't ask Jesus to heal him, but Jesus healed him because he wanted to teach the Pharisees a lesson because he knew their attitude was poor. So do we focus too much on the mission of God and forget that there's people involved that he has put in our path. Guys, this point I'm preaching to myself. You know, God loves the mission of his church. God loves what he is going to do in this place. But if we kill people on the way, God is not honored. God is people-focused. Now, I have a lot of regrets in my heart from my early ministry. I was a young pastor, came in, Started to be your pastor at 27 years old. I was a baby. Still am a baby, some of you think. But, you know, I was so focused on taking a church from 30 people to where God wanted it to be that there were some people that were decimated in the path. You know, and it, it, it's frustrating to me because I was doing the right thing the wrong way. Because it's possible for us to do the right thing, but still do the wrong thing. And I really felt like I was doing the right thing, but people got hurt on the way. Now, that's not to say that I don't still do that. I'm very, I'm very goal-focused. In fact, uh, my, my coach, my pastor coach, always says, people, just remember, people matter. People are the focus. Jesus wants people. Because if I don't sit there and go, people, 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 love people, I will run you over as fast as humanly possible. Those that rode with me to the fishing trip understand that. I do that in my driving as well. The left lane is for passing. If you don't want to go fast enough, there's two other lanes to get in. Or one, it doesn't matter. Just get out of the way. Right? Preach. And so what we have to understand, guys, is it's possible for us to do the right thing, but also do the wrong thing at the same time. Jesus wants us to advance his mission. But if you'll notice, Jesus never preached to anyone until he met their need first. 
because people matter. Let's keep reading. Verse 8. Verse 8. But he knew their thoughts. How would, you, how would you like to be in a situation with Jesus where he's reading everything that you think? And he said to the man with the withered head, withered hand, excuse me, come and stand here. And he rose and stood there. And Jesus said to them, I, I ask you, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do harm, to save a life or destroy it? And after looking around at them, all he said to him is, stretch out your hands. And he did so, and his hand was restored. Second question I have for you today is, do you have the faith to do what Jesus asked? Do you have the faith to do what Jesus asked? Because here's the problem. The man was aware that he was standing in front of the religious leaders. He knew that it was the Sabbath. If he was a good Jew, he understood the Sabbath. And the Jews were very careful about not breaking the Sabbath. So... What Jesus was asking the man to do by reaching out his hand and doing something was unlawful on the Sabbath. So he knew that by reaching out his hand and doing what Jesus told him to do, he was breaking the Sabbath. So the question is, do you have the faith to do what Jesus asked you to do even though the social norms tell you otherwise? The social norms tell us that we need to be rich beyond all measure, have large, massive cars, large houses, as many expensive things as we can. But Jesus said, humble yourself. Give money to the, to the poor. The measure of the money that you give to me will be the measure I give back to you. He didn't say he would give you back money. He said he would give you back blessing. Guys, I'm here to tell you, I could lose everything that I have and I'm blessed beyond measure because I have a wife who loves me and about to be four wonderful children. There's no blessing in this world. There's no money in this world that's greater than that. And so the ways of man and the ways of God are at odds with one another. It is more important than ever that we make sure that we hear his voice. That's your quotable moment, I think. Yes. <laughs> the staff votes every week, and sometimes I forget what they voted on. <laughs> so the ways of man and the ways of God are at odds with one another. It is more important than ever that we make sure that we hear God's voice. If you are a follower of Christ, you have two voices in your head, the, your voice and God's voice. Is it easy to confuse the two? Yes. I have people tell me all the time, I just want to stab them in the throat. I know y'all need, to, y'all need to pray for my heart. There's anger in there. Basically, they say to me, Pastor, Jesus told me that I needed to stay home from church today. And I say, okay, well, let me get this straight. The Savior of the universe that left heaven to come to this earth to die for all of those church people doesn't want you to go commune with him with the people that he died for. That makes sense. Jerry gets the sarcasm. No one else, everybody else is like, wow, that's harsh. Do you say those things? Not always, unless you make me really mad. If I say that to you, I'm I'm mad on the other side of Facebook Messenger or whatever you're talking to me. Uh, But Jesus doesn't tell you to do things that are contrary to his word. Never, ever. 
Will he tell you to do something that's contrary to his word? If you can't back up the word of the Lord with his word, then you're wrong. Period. End of story. And so we have to be careful about throwing out the voice of God. One piece of advice that was given to me as a pastor is don't be careful to get up to that pulpit and say, the Lord spoke to me in a dream that we're supposed to go to three services. Because when you're wrong and it doesn't work, the congregation goes, is he really hearing the voice of God? It's okay sometimes to go, hey, we're just going to try out three, three services. I think this is the way God's leading us. And if it works out, great. And if not, okay, maybe we just missed it that time. Don't ever blame laziness on God because it's not his fault you're lazy. It's your fault. Don't blame the not wanting to do something on God because it's not his fault. Don't blame a breakup on God, single people. Stop saying, Jesus told me to break up with you. Well, Jesus told you maybe never to go out with that girl to begin with, and you just didn't listen. God, I need to go fishing more often, man. (laughs) Y'all just catching me. I feel sunburned on my neck, and it's rubbing against my collar, and it's just making me angry, and I'm just like, yeah, bringing the hellfire. I might just start hitting the podium. I feel that today. So what, what I'm saying to you is, It's okay to say you heard from the Lord, but you better be sure it's the Lord. Because you're dealing with people's lives, especially from a prophetic standpoint. I'm very, very careful when I say to someone, I think the Lord is telling me to say this to you. And I'll even say, usually when I say that is, hey, you know, if you find that I'm I'm crazy and off with this, just, just disregard. But I think this is what the Lord is telling me. But don't blame. Don't blame God. Take the blame on yourself. Let's keep reading. Verse 11. But they were filled with fury. The Pharisees. The man has a withered hand, and now his hand is whole, and he could do it again. What's the response of the religious leaders? They were filled with fury and discussed with one another what they might do with this man that's healing people and making them better on the Sabbath. How dare he heal people and make them better? Do you realize how goofy this is? Here's the problem. They don't. They're so steeped in religion that they forget that this is a person who has not had two hands to use his whole life. If he has a child, he can't pick them up with both hands. If he has a family, he can't take care of them with his hands because one doesn't work. They're worried about Jesus not doing the right thing according to the law. I've been in churches where people will not be allowed to walk through the door if they aren't dressed right. I've had church people that walk up to new people and say, you're in my seat. You ever do that? And I hear about it. Death will come swiftly. You don't have a seat. We paid for all these seats. They're all our seats. That means you can sit in any of them. 
and they're just fine. If you are a tithing member of the whole church, these are all your seats. So just pick one. It doesn't matter. You don't have to sit in the same one. In fact, honestly, they get moved around all the time. So really, I couldn't tell you which seat is yours. The people that put the stuff in the back are like, preach it. (laughs) But that's the thing. We focus on the things that make us comfortable when God wants us to focus on the things that he's called us to do. We cannot let religion, we cannot let rules suppress the voice of God. You know, one thing that we say is is church has to be on Sundays. You know, if God called us to do church on a Friday night, he's going to show up there just like he shows up on Sunday morning. Now, it's just traditional in the South to have church on Sunday. We have church on Sunday because that was the day of the resurrection. But I'm telling you what, we have just as much church on Thursdays as we do on Sundays. And we're going to have just as much church tonight on Sunday night as we do on Sunday morning. Because here's the thing, the Spirit of God will dwell in whatever we do regardless of the day. Because Jesus is not concerned about man's laws. God's ways are higher than our ways. So the things that we focus on, the worship music, what the worship band is wearing. Maybe you don't like blue lights. Maybe you like green lights. God is not concerned about these things. God is only concerned about change life. And so we have to make sure that we are focusing on God's ways, not our ways. Because I'm here to tell you, I have a limited capacity. I'm only able to do so many things, but I serve the man that can do everything, created everything, the creator of all, has been and will always be. So may I not be a being that tells him what to do. May I just be obedient servant, allowing him to tell me what the rules are, not me dictate to him what the rules are. Because I think the problem in America is we've created religion. We've created these set of rules that if we fit in nice and neat, then we serve God. The problem is God is not concerned with you. He's not concerned with your laws. He's not concerned with your opinions. He's not concerned with your comfort. In fact, God would rather you not be, un- not be comfortable because when you're comfortable, then you stop working. When people get comfortable, they're no longer dangerous. There's nothing more dangerous than a person that just comes to Jesus. Why? Because they're so on fire, they want the whole world to know about it. But Satan's not scared of church people. Why is he not scared of church people? Because they go through the motions. I read my Bible every day. I go to church. I raise my hands when we worship. What more do you want from me? That's not enough. God wants your whole heart. So make sure you hear him and not your own voice. So what does this mean for us? If you're new here at Hope Church, I always try to end every message with three questions to challenge you throughout your week. The first question is this. Are people your number one priority? Are people your number one priority? And the reason I put that first is because 
people were the number one priority to Jesus. Jesus was always concerned about the needs of man first. If you'll notice, he came to save you. He came to save your soul. But the first thing he was concerned about was the needs of the man in that day and time. He wasn't concerned about your soul first. I know that hurts. Because we, we sing all the songs. He took the fall and thought of me above all. Right? The problem is we have a me-centered gospel. When it ain't about you at all. God was here. And he focused on loving the people while he was doing his mission. But he never let his mission hurt someone. God never wants anyone hurt in the advance of his mission. Number two. I'm looking for a cheery point in here. Haven't found one yet. Are we letting our thoughts of how things should be distract us from what God wants them to be? Are we letting our thoughts of how things should be distract us from the way God wants them to be? Because I hear a lot in church, in the church world, well, that's the way things have always been. Because when I hear that as a pastor, I go, well, then let's change them. Because if you've been here long enough, there comes a time that we've done a service one way too long, and I've just got to change it. Because I don't want to get too caught in this. I don't want you to come every Sunday, and we have worship. We pray, announcements, offering, sermon, altar, go home. Now, that is our normal swing of things. But there'll be some times that I'll throw a wrench in you. Just because we need to be shaken up sometimes because if we get stuck in a rut, we're never getting better. So the third and final question as the band comes back. Is it time for you to get your priorities in check? Is it time for you to get your priorities in check? Is it time for you to stop worrying about your comfort and worry about what God's called you to do? Now, Today, I want to encourage you in one of two ways. Some of you here, I want to be like Jesus. Jesus was always concerned that there was people there that do not know his father. So today, my question for you is, do you have a relationship with Jesus? And by a relationship, I mean, is, a, is your walk with Jesus something that changed your life? Or is your walk with Jesus something you do? Is it boxes that you check off as you go throughout your week. Because if you don't have a relationship with God, I want today to be the time that you choose God. Now, we have a text line. Is it up there, Justin? You do. Okay. Hey, there it is. We have a hope decision line. I'm trying to, to appeal to the millennials. I am a millennial. I know that due to Facebook, we don't like to talk to people. So here is the text line. If you have a prayer request that you'd like to text in, if you have a decision, maybe, maybe you just want to accept Christ, all you have to do is text to that line, I accepted Jesus today. Or you can text to that line, your prayer request. We take paragraphs, we take one or two words. Maybe you want to get your life back on track with God, text to that line. 
Maybe you just need someone to call you because you need some help during the week. Maybe you need some encouragement. Text that line and we'll have one of our pastors call you. Or maybe you're sitting there today saying, you know, I kind of blame God for my laziness. I kind of blame God for all these things when it's really not his fault. And I really need to recenter my life on what he's called me to do. I love that they picked out this song because they had no idea what I was preaching. They picked this, you picked this what, a month ago? But God is speaking to us very clearly. If we will build our life upon his love, we won't be shaken. But you have to build his life, your life upon him, not your life upon what you want it to be. So today, maybe Jesus is speaking to you and saying that you need to get back on the right track. So we're going to have some pastors down here at the front and in the back, some prayer partners. And we'd love to pray with you. If you need some encouragement, we want to pray with you. If you're, if you're not a, a people person and you'd like us to follow up with you, we've got the decision line up there on the screen. You can text us anything. But don't leave this place without responding to something that God is calling you to do. Let's pray. Jesus, we just thank you. Lord, I know that it's very difficult for us sometimes to get out of our comfort zones. Our comfort zones are where we like to be. Our comfort zones are are where we like to hang out. We like to have our routines. We like to have our, our ways of things going. But Lord, you love to get us out of those comfort zones. So Lord, I pray today that you would break us from the bonds of our rules. Break us from the bonds of what we think church should be. Break us from the bonds of what we think things should be. And begin to wreck our hearts and wreck our lives in a way that we never thought possible. So Lord, I pray today, Lord, that you would just show us the way that you want us to go. Help us to stop focusing on the wrong thing. Of course, in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.